What is up, guys, and welcome to another episode of the Crypto Entrepreneurs Podcast. As always, it's your host, Charles, and today we've got another super interesting episode for you. So I'm going to be sitting down with Tweakrates for a second time. Uh, the first time we talked about what he's been working on with regards to artificial intelligence. This one's going to take it a step further. He's actually done a bunch of new cool stuff with regards to trading and AI. And I wanted to just give you guys some updates on what he's been doing. Uh, before we get into that, two quick announcements. The first is that this actually isn't a video interview. So if you're listening to this on one of the podcasting platforms, you don't necessarily need to head over to YouTube. I will include the link in case you want to watch it on YouTube, but no video, so you don't need to. The second is I want to give a shout out to the sponsors, Crypto.com and CoinFlip, both fantastic companies, eternally grateful to be working with them. And I'm going to try to keep it pretty brief this time. Uh, just one announcement from each with regards to Crypto.com. They are doing a 50% off sale on Bitcoin through their fundraising platform, The Syndicate. Uh, it's for their fourth anniversary, and you don't need to be staking any CRO for this one. So you can head over, participate, and get some very cheap Bitcoin. Probably the last time you'll see these prices ever again. Uh, there will be a link in the description below. And then with regards to CoinFlip, not many new updates. Just want to say that they are the largest Bitcoin ATM company or crypto ATM company by volume and the third largest by number of machines. If you want to purchase some Bitcoin, Ethereum, XRP, couple others, and you want to do it at a Bitcoin ATM or at an ATM, should head over to their website, see where they're located, and you can go find the one that's closest to you. And then second, they've got their OTC desk, which I've been talking about recently. It's got some of the lowest fees in the market, and then also one of the lowest minimums to buy or sell crypto. It's a $5,000 minimum. So if you're interested in purchasing or selling some Bitcoin over the counter, you've never done it before, head over to their website. They make it very easy. Their customer service is fantastic, uh, and you can make that happen. Now, let's get into the episode with Tweakertees. All right, so I'm sitting down with Tweakertees, a.k.a. Quantitative Praising, a.k.a. Nick, a.k.a. the CEO of some stuff. Can't mention that on this very professional podcast. Uh, we've had you on before. Uh, we got into a whole bunch of big brain stuff that I didn't even know what we were talking about. Uh, for anyone who wants to listen to that episode, they can go find it. It's pretty far back, um, but it is out there. I highly suggest it. Kind of give you some background on who you are. Uh, so instead of doing background again, can we just talk about how you've been since... Uh, how life has been, how the kids have been, all that nonsense. Yeah, for sure. Um, I don't know. My life hasn't changed. You're cutting out. I don't know if you're... Oh. There we go. You hear me? Yeah, now you're coming in. I gotta kind of lean into it. Yes. Sorry. No, that's fine. Um, been good. Just basically chilling and went camping with the kids two weekends ago in 
some cousins and that was pretty fun. But other than that, haven't been doing a whole lot. Just working from home now for my day job because of, uh, oh man, <laughs> COVID. I don't want to call it that. Uh, <laughs> um, but uh, I like that a lot better than going into the office. Yeah, so. I bet. I mean, I've been at home since far before COVID started and it truly is a dream. I mean, now that everyone's at home complaining about it, I'm like, fuck you guys. I've been here this whole time. It's been fantastic. People are losing their minds. Um, but good to hear the kids are good. Good to hear that you are at least getting out, hanging out with them, spending more time with them. Uh you talked about the work from home stuff and I know you've been working on a lot since the last time we talked. Uh, so can you catch us up on all of like the actual work that you've been doing, uh, this business that you've been working on all of that stuff? Yeah. So, um, as far as that goes, um, I spent a pretty good amount of time, just working on the um, algo that makes the neural nets itself, because um, it it's um, definitely wasn't optimal in terms of like performance and stuff. So there was a lot of stuff that isn't very glorious, but just made it faster, I guess. Um, took advantage of um, Uber's code and um, then pieced that together with what I already had. So um, it's running a lot faster now. Um, and I haven't really tested it out on something with like um, CUDA installed, but it would go pretty fast on something like that. Um, the majority of the workload probably wouldn't see a lot of improvement, but it would help with some stuff to where I could run a little faster. So we'll see. It's more of, it's almost easier to optimize it by just running it in parallel than it is to um, use CUDA and stuff, but um, there's definitely some stuff there that could be done better, but anyways, it's, it's about as fast as I, I think it's going to get at this point. Um, so there's that. And then, so really quick before we kind of move on, can we back it up a little bit and just explain to my audience who maybe doesn't know what you've been up to lately? Like what exactly you are working on? Oh, um, so right now, uh, Basically, it's a trading algorithm that um, uses neural networks to basically decide actions of either long, neutral, or short. Um, and so instead of like predicting the price, it's basically just acting as a trader itself um, within that problem domain so um anyway so 
mainly working on just that right now. Um, and, to and so basically uses a evolutionary alg algorithm for making the neural networks, which is just like make a population of, um, networks and it uses evolution to, um, converge towards whatever ones are working the best. Um, so that's what I use and it, it's a variation of, um, the ES hypernate algorithm. So it's actually two networks. It's one that encodes the weights of a second network. And then that network is the one that actually gets the, um, market data features and, um, outputs the, the actions that, um, that the, that then the trading part of that uses to trade. Um, so seeing a lot of, uh, promise in the FTX tokens on several of them. Um, I think right now I have five or six, um, that popped up over the course of a couple of days a while back that are still looking really good. Um, still doing a lot of testing and stuff around that, but there's two or three that, um, I'll probably kind of hoard and use, um, with our company's, um, funds and, um, then the rest of them, um, I'm making a site for, um, basically subscription signals. So if somebody wanted to use them, um, they could subscribe for like 30 bucks a month or something. And, have access to those signals. So put a decent amount of work into that site. Um, I think that the crypto community is a little bit more, um, proactive than like say the Robin hood user base. So I don't know how much, um, interest we'll get there, um, with the FTX tokens, but, um, We'll for sure use it, and we are using it in some capacity right now, but it's still kind of been testing. Um, so. so with the FTX token specifically, um, why was there a focus? Or you say they showed promise. Uh, is there a reason that you guys are focusing on the FTX tokens, or there, can you explain why they showed promise over trading something else like Bitcoin? Um, I mean, it mainly because, um, I don't want to manage like maintenance on margin and liquidation, um, bullshit. So, um, you can trade from my understanding, those tokens basically spot. They don't have a lot of liquidity right now, but um, it's just easier to frame in terms of uh, training. So 
that's kind of the idea of why um, instead of doing like, yeah, markets with more liquidity, um, you could certainly, you could certainly do like the one bit because there's a couple different ones. Um, there's like one that evaluates and output signals every hour and then some that do every six hours and some that do every day. So, um, you know, you could, you could probably trade the six hour one by hand and just, um, target more liquid, um, markets and do, cause they were trained on the bull bear ones, which I think are three, three, supposed to be three X leverage. Um, but that's, uh, so, so you could maybe do the, uh, the six hour and the one day by hand, but um, we're we're gonna do the for our accounts. We'll be doing um, probably the one hour ones um, and having having a different um, and we'll be doing it uh, with an algo. So um, so that's kind of what we're working on right now. Um, so really quick, this thing can trade for you fully. Don't need to do any kind of, I mean, update maintenance maybe, but there's no, you need to click buy, you need to sell, click sell. Uh, is this going to be different from the website that is more just a signal site or can you use this algo as well to kind of make it a little bit more hands-off? Yeah, so that's kind of the... Um, that's that's we like it to be as hands off as possible. So basically, it'll be um, like you can sign up for the signals and you can do you know the ones that they they don't generally do as well um, on those longer time frames where it's only doing once a day or whatever, just less opportunities. Um, but um, so you could do like the one day one and that would be pretty easy to keep up with trading by hand, but we do want to eventually start releasing the one hour ones because they do really well. Um, but we don't want to do that until we have an open source script that consumes those um, signals and then trades it automatically for you. So there's decent amount of work going into that right now. Um, so that'll be something where you sign up for the signals and then you'll have to um, download the script, create a config with your API keys, but then you should be able to run it and um, it'll trade for you. And, um, you know, that might be something where people want to do like one of the small free tiers on Amazon so that they don't have to worry about leaving their laptop on nonstop. But, Eventually, we'd like to post that um, for users, but um, it just gets tricky with maintenance and trying to scale out, um, trying to run all that DevOps with a pretty small team. So that's something that we'll, we want to work towards over the next couple of years, but probably won't happen um, on these first versions of it. So. I think we're going to start with an open source script that 
other people can help, you know, if they're, if they see something that could be better or whatever, as far as trade execution, um, all of that will be, you know, freely available for them to, um, to inspect and stuff. And we don't have to deal with having API keys, um, of our users on our, um, infrastructure, I guess. So, so definitely are going to try to work towards that. Um, also basically this doing the same thing now where I'm training on, uh, different sector indexes, um, in the stock in stocks. So I think that's going to be more of our, <laughs> you know, I think that there's a lot of people on Robinhood who probably are going to do all right for a while and then maybe lose some money. And um, I think that's kind of more who these signals will probably end up being best for it. It'll be kind of for people who want to just have something that gives them, helps them to not be, be able to make some pretty good money, but more importantly, not lose money. Um, trading and um, so that one will probably be on a couple different indexes in the stock market and uh, it'll just be a one day thing so that um, they can check the signal place their orders that open and be hands off for the rest of the day so um, I think and I think that Robinhood people are probably more apt to be hand, more hands-off than people in crypto. So I definitely see that more as our main target. But I was going to ask if you if that's kind of your long-term goal to target those guys. Um, I personally haven't done any research on who trades on Robinhood. I feel like it's very small retail traders. And I feel like a lot of it's done more for, I almost want to say, fun and gambling versus actually trying to trade and invest. Uh, do you think it's going to be an issue kind of finding users for your service? Uh, when I feel like a lot of the people on Robinhood are like, I'm buying Hertz because it's going up 300%. Um, do you oh, think, yeah. do you think those guys are actually looking for signals and to be more serious or, do you think it's more of like a gambling addiction that we've seen with a lot of these guys like Davey day trader, for example? Um, I think it's, I don't know if you can hear that. I uh, kind of coming in and out a little bit. Yeah. Yeah. I think that, I think it's sort of a bit of both there. Um, can you hear me? Yeah, you're coming in and out. I, I can't tell if you're just pausing to think or waiting for something or if you're actually kind of cutting out. Because um, you'll come in real loud for a sec, kind of fade away, and then come back in. Okay, How, how's now? How's it? This, yeah, that's perfect. Okay. Um, yeah, I think that, I think there's definitely some people who are just like joined Robinhood and they're like, you know, people who maybe already were on like 
you know, like to gamble and stuff. And um, there's definitely that crowd. But I think there's some that, like, like I have several friends that are kind of helping me beta test some of this stuff that um, definitely would like something that just gives them, you know, something pretty low risk that makes better returns than um, putting it into putting more into their retirement accounts at work and stuff. So I think that there's, I certainly don't think that we're going to come out and, you know, gain the majority of Robin hood users as, um, as, uh, as users of our site, but, um, they have a pretty good head of steam going. I think if we can carve out even a small section of that and, um, you know, continue to, put out signals that make people money, then that's going to be a decent amount of um, revenue. So really we're aiming for, you know, if we could get up to like 5% of Robinhood user base using us in the next year, that would be, that I'd be perfectly fine with that. I probably wouldn't continue to um, focus so much on trading with, the um with the neural network stuff anymore i'd probably start venturing off into other domains at that point which is what i eventually want to do um not that i don't think trading is fun to work on it's just i'm ready to try some other stuff so so a little confused here you say you want to get away from the trading stuff, but what you're currently building and working on is specifically trade related. Is this something that like once you acquire users, it can be a lot more hands off and you don't need to focus on it or, or I'm just a little confused. Yeah. So there's basically, we'll have some, once, once I get an algorithm that's working good on these sectors, I'll be able to just kind of have that running and, um, I have a way where it picks out ones that are good. And so that'll automatically be pushed up to the site. And so basically subscriptions will be like per net um, basis. And so uh, you'll like, it'll have back test data and live data that you can see for these networks and how, how they're doing and how they did in back tests. And then, um, if you see one that looks like it's doing really well and you want to use the signals from it, then you can subscribe to that. Um, so that's, that, that makes sense. I'm just trying to figure out, cause a lot of the guys who I've talked to who run different algos and a lot of people on Twitter say, Oh, you know, that's constant alpha decay. I'm constantly having to tweak this stuff. Uh, but it sounds like, you think it'll be more hands-off once you kind of have your users. So is there a reason that you see it being more hands-off in the future versus having to constantly update and tweak it? Um, yeah, I mean, I guess that remains to be seen, but um, I'm trying to kind of set it up so that not completely hands-off, of course. I mean, once we start getting some revenue, um, I'll have more people on hand. Um, but I mean, basically it'll just be running um, 
some instances of the training, the evolution training, and then picking up any new genomes that get found. So if one's one starts have alpha decay or whatever, you know, another one might crop up that trades differently that does better in the current market conditions. So, um, and the subscriptions won't really be married to an individual net. Like if, if, if a new one gets listed on there, that looks like it's doing better in the current market conditions, you can switch to that one um, without, you know, having to subscribe again to that one. So, and so if you had like three, you could, and three new ones pop up, you could switch to those and it's not going to um, cost you anymore. But so it's, you know, we're not really out to like light the world on fire with, you know, going up super fast. It's just consistently returning positive or consistent positive returns. And so if we can do that and, you know, help some people make some money that normally would get chopped out of the market or cause like the people gambling, I think they'll have their fun for a while, but you have to be, you have to invest a pretty good amount of time into, um, into trading to be able to do that consistently and not get wrecked. Um, so ideally, yeah, it'll just be mainly hands off. There will be some maintenance of, you know, making sure the evolution, the training, you know, doesn't go down and stuff like that. But, um, you know, the signals are, those are all automated. You know, I don't really have to maintain that stuff too much. Um, especially more so on the stock market side. But I guess for me, what was most exciting about it, I mean, the, the back tests are looking really good and the live trading is looking really good um, on these FTX tokens. But I guess what made me the most excited is that the way, the way that it works is there's one network that's the genome that gets evolution or trained through evolution and i guess i added in some that was another one of the things i um spent some time on um more in the ai realm of this uh was i added in um some gradient optimizations at each um generation of evolution so it's um it's kind of being optimized from two different angles there. Um, and that, that seemed to help quite a bit, especially when there's one that it finds that does really well. Um, it helps kind of adjust the, the rest of the population up to behaving more like that. Um, so, and that's kind of a fine line to walk. You don't want it to do too much of that because that kind of, negates the purpose of having evolution and having a more global search. So, um, but anyway, so it's one network that right now, um, all five of the champ genomes, um, trade pretty much every bull bear token 
pretty profitably um, on FTX. Um, so it's instead of like one network per token, it's one that can trade pretty much any of the tokens. Um, they all have two or three symbols that they kind of struggle on. Um, but for the most part, they're able to trade multiple um, multiple cryptos um, pretty well. So it's, it's a step towards being more of a general type of um, neural network in terms of trading. So that's kind of what I got most excited about was that it, it was able to do it. And um, obviously the fact that it's able to make money is cool too, but um, just the fact that it was able to solve something like that where it's um, feel like usually it's one network that people train to trade one crypto or one ticker and um so seeing one network able to output um good signals on different assets that was really exciting for me um so i want to kind of see what other domains i can start getting into and see if i can you know um point out some other stuff and get a little bit more general um general neural net type stuff going um, in other domains. So that's kind of why I'd like to get the site up and get a good user base and a good um, a good system working there that is mainly hands off. You know, there might be times where it, we're not finding any good new genomes and we have to go in and do a little bit of feature engineering, but um, so far, it looks like they're doing pretty well um, as time goes on. So assuming that they don't shit the bed, then we should be fine. <laughs> there we go. Okay, so a lot of stuff covered there. I kind of want to recap it and break it down a little bit because like I've said before, at least in the last episode, I, I, I don't know that my audience is, I guess, well-versed in all of this and neither am I, to be honest with you. Uh, you talked about stuff like, gradient op optimization and genome trading and you know it's a little bit over my head so i was wondering if you could kind of just break that down a little bit more like how is this thing learning how to trade is that what it's doing it's learning how to trade a specific market yeah so well they're basically um the ones on ftx are just trying to tra learn how to trade all of the assets that have um, all the bear, bearable tokens. Yeah, that makes sense. So how how have they been learning how to trade it, or how are you attempting to teach them how to trade it? So um, it's it's all one algo, but um, basically what it does is so there's the two networks, and um, so there's so there's a population of networks or genomes um, that get produced by the neuroevolution part of the algorithm. 
And so those evaluate on a training set. And then um, the way those work is that they, they search a hypercube for nodes and connections from an input from input coordinates to output coordinates. So basically it's the genomes build networks that then are um, evaluating the market data. So um, that's all kind of the base of the neuroevolution. Um, and then the um, gradient descent is like gradient descent is a um, not a neuroevolution optimization. It's just a uh, basically it just um, reduces loss. Um, so and that runs a couple times per generation. So each generation, like the best ones are kept from a neural evolution aspect, best ones are kept and then um, breeded, if you will, um, to create um, the same size population for the next ones. The ones that do really poorly are, um, you know, uh, it's just, just, like, just like normal evolution, um, just with neural nets. And so that's the neural evolution part of it. And then each, about three times per generation, um, I take the one that's doing the best and I run the, the stochastic gradient descent on the rest of the population with its weightings as being the target for, um, for the rest of the population. So it's, um, Gradient descent is more apt to get stuck in what's called local minimums or maximums. It doesn't really matter. It just kind of depends on if you're trying to maximize or reduce loss. Um, but anyways, it's a, it's a lot more of a local search. And then the neuroevolution is a lot more of a global search. So it's kind of taking um, two different... Um, approaches of optimization and um, interleaving them so that hopefully I'm getting the best of both worlds. So that's, that's how they learn. And so each, so it runs through and it makes these genomes, one genome will make a, re, a recurrent neural network for each symbol. Got it. Okay, so you're running through multiple iterations. Kind of, this thing is picking off the best yep. data. I, like, I, I'm a little bit confused when you're saying running through multiple iterations here. Um, you know, you have your price Just training steps. Um, so, like, a generation can be thought of as a training step. Got it. So it's like this one did really well. Um, and so that's, that's how the evolution algorithm knows, um, what genomes to keep and which ones to throw out. 
and then um so really quick when you say this one did really well do you mean that it had a high return on a specific token for a specific day for yeah first well um it's the training sets are is that the one six and 12 hours that you were talking about yeah so it's 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 multiple it's multiple um bars that it's um evaluating um for each training set but yeah but basically what you said though got it multiple bars in like multiple candles or what do you mean by bars i'm sorry well no that's fine um like i extract features from bar data so um but it, it evaluates like on a per bar basis got it okay and this thing is constantly updating with each new bar No, it'll, it'll run through a set of them, mm-hmm. and that's the training set. Got it. And then, um, depending on how that did, um, it's uh, that that's that's the score it will get for that generation. Okay, so uh, so it's like it trades a short period of time, and got it. Okay, this is making more sense to me now. Yeah. As you're and, saying, it trades a short period of time and then, okay, that makes more sense. I'm sure my audience now is starting to understand it. If they haven't already, I might just be a little bit slow. But so you have them trained on the bear bull tokens, uh, but you said that at some point you do want to make that switch to um, traditional markets, kind of target the Robinhood traders. How long does this sort of take to train and get up and running? Like, How long have you been working on the bear bull tokens? Um, maybe like quite a bit for the last week. Um, actually, last two weeks. So kind of the... The features I was using for the FTX tokens didn't seem to be doing as well for these ones. So, or for the, cause it's the same kind of, it's the same kind of environment there. It's, um, indexes and their inverses. So, so similar, but there are differences. Yeah. So maybe not, as much time as starting from scratch, but it's still, there's still some differences that you're having to deal with and train them. Yeah. Kind of. And there's a lot less volatility there than the three X tokens. So I was going make- to ask about that because crypto in general is a very volatile market. Uh, so making that switch, is there much of a problem there? Um, no, just, you know, stock market likes to go up. So, I'm finding that. That was another question I had on my list of questions as we were talking. Uh, So, yeah, I'm finding that they're tending towards networks that like to buy everything. Long indexes, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) So, I mean, and that's fine as long as they know when to, you know, take profit and um, either flip short or just stay neutral, um, you know. That, yeah, I think I think that a lot of retail people on Robinhood will probably 
buy an index and see it go up for a couple of days and not know when to cut their loss when it starts going back down and they might end up selling, you know, lower than they should and then have all that unrealized profit. So yeah, that's really the goal is just to know when to cut out of a trade. So yeah. what what kind Ideally, of it'll know when to go short? Too. I was gonna say what kind of stuff gives it that signal? I mean, you're you're seeing how these things work. I don't really I I can get the oh it spits out a pro or um, a signal at the end of the day or it'll trade for you. But what's really sh- telling it? You know, long short, do this, do that. Uh, especially in a market that we've seen has just gone up for the last 10, 12 years now. Yeah, um, it's. Like for feature wise, I use some technical indicators and, um, you know, well, it's all, it's all basically just, um, technical indicators as far as the features go. So it sees that it sees, um, price action, um, data and, um, so I mean, it's not the exact indicators. There's some normalization I do to make it a little bit easier for it to um, learn and a little bit of noise reduction and stuff like that. But, um, you know, generally speaking, it would be, um, it's just basically throwing a bunch of, um, a bunch of technical data at um, an optimization problem or algorithm that tries tries to build a good model. There we go. Okay. Uh, and then the last question I had kind of on that conversion, because you talked about, you know, the reason, one of the reasons that it started doing well on the bear bull tokens is the lower liquidity. Um, I don't know if that was actually the reason why, but these bear bull tokens are very low liquidity. Um, is there going to be any issue switching to larger markets where there's more money being thrown around? Um, and then also with the subscription based stuff, it, will it be able to handle the load of, you know, more money coming on at trading or giving signals to a greater audience, having greater assets under management? Um, well, I think the, well, what we're seeing, cause testing it out is that, well, the low liquidity is is um, showing that it's still doing well um, trading live, but we're seeing some slippage here and there. And, um, you know, it's kind of pick your poison there, like use limits and maybe it doesn't get filled um, or you eat up some of that slippage. So, um that's that's kind of what we're finding. So I think it'll actually do better in higher liquidity markets um, once I get it. Um, some of them that are looking really well. So I think that that's actually a positive. I'd like to see. I'd like to see some more people start trading the bull bear tokens and get more liquidity there because I think it would actually do better running live. Um, with that, but, um, so that you're talking about more participants outside of using the signals that you're using. Uh, if a bunch of people jump on, start trading it, you know, the way that it's telling them to trade, 
would that cause any issues? Would you be able to kind of handle that load? Power. So we'll have by the once we go live, what we'll have is you know a big. Um, we'll be running nonstop. Um, large populations, um, and they'll be taking in new data as training data and validation data. And like I said, once, once they meet a certain criteria, they'll get pushed to the site. So, um, if it does get to the point to where it's like they're, you know, the signals are basically trading against themselves. Um, people can switch to newer ones, but, um, you know, that would be a good problem to have. That would mean that we have a lot of people signing up. Um, but no, I think that, um, I'm not necessarily as optimistic with the crypto crowd as far as getting that big of a user base built up, but maybe, um, and if so, then, you know, new ones will crop up that trade differently and people can switch to those. And, um, I don't think that, I don't think that the, that switching and that stuff will happen fast enough. And I don't think that they'll have that like self decay that will, I don't think that'll be efficient enough to where the training can't keep up with it. So you've mentioned this a couple times about kind of switching from one to the other. Is that entirely based on the user's discretion? Like I, me myself, if I were to use this product or service, I feel like I'd fuck that up. You know, I'd hold on to or continue to use losing um, algorithms. I would jump to other ones at the wrong time. Uh, do you have any way to kind of stop that kind of stuff from happening? Um, mm, not really just because it's based on, um, it'll have how it would be doing live and it'll have, um, how it did in a back test over a certain period of time. And so it is really the user's discretion that if they see one that, um, you know, did really well or is doing really well live, they might switch to that. So but, w- um, what about on your end? You have end? to pass a pretty lengthy back test to a validation to, um, for, for us to consider using them live. That's what I was going to ask is, you know, they probably go through some heavy scrutiny to actually make it to the site. Uh, but are, is there follow up and continued you know, kind of scrutiny once it's on there? Do you have any kind of protocols in place to say, hey, we're cutting this one completely so that users don't have to kind of vet them as much themselves? Yeah, I think think we will. Um, You know, if one starts doing a lot, if it starts, you know, performing a lot worse than um, it did over its um back testing and over it's because it's really back test and then live trade for a couple weeks and make sure it's still doing its thing 
and then we would list it. So, um, you know, it, yeah, if, if one started go going down, I think we probably at that point would, um, you know, send out a notice and say, Hey, we're probably going to shut this one down. But, um, also if there's one that people just aren't subscribing to, we'll probably just remove it if it has zero subscriptions after a certain amount of time. Um, but generally speaking, we're thinking that people are going to kind of naturally gravitate towards, um, towards the ones that are doing the best. So, um, and if one's doing, not doing good, then people probably will switch to a different one. That would be the assumption, but can't be too sure. Some of these guys out here, not the brightest. Um, well, and yeah, and if they're running the, um, auto trading scripts, then, you know, they might want to, they might have the idea that it's going to be more hands off. So. Exactly. That, that was kind of my thought is like, you know, with that auto trading stuff, you can just set it, forget it, walk away. Um, but if some of this stuff starts to decay and decline, you know, I, I just wanted to make sure for any users who are, or any listeners who are thinking, oh, this sounds like a service that I could be interested in. I'm just trying to make them rest assured or ease their mind a bit that, you know, there's some kind of protocol on your guys' end that stops them from losing, say, all of their money. Yeah, yeah. I, I mean, with that, if like we were to take one off of the site, you know, basically we just issue neutral stuff so that everybody, you know, basically it'll cash out. Um, if they're running the auto traders, we just, that would be the first step in shutting one down. But, um, ideally we won't ever take one off if it's still has subscribers, but, um, you know, if we get up, to having enough users to where one's not doing well and there's still people subscribed and we've sent out a notice and stuff. Um, we'd probably just cut it off and send out neutral signals for those symbols so that the auto trader picks those up, cashes out. And then, you know, eventually I'd like to think that they check on their balance and see that it's flat and, um, pick a new one to subscribe to. There we go. Eventually they'll figure it out. Um, when I, I mean, when you, when you sign up, there's, there'll be some, you know, direction as to how to use this. And it's not really meant to be completely hands off. I mean, ideal, ideally I'd like people to be checking in on it every day just because, um, you know, there it's in everybody's best interest if, um, if they're using the genomes that make them the most money. So. Yeah. I, I mean, if you're putting your money on the line, I'm assuming you're going to be wanting to check it at least yeah. on a semi-regular basis. So yeah, that just my assumption or what I would be doing with my money. Uh, I don't know that everyone out there is like that, but I assume at least most of the people in this industry and people who are financially savvy and looking to invest probably have their money's best interest in mind. So they will be checking on it often. Okay. So that, that was a lot. I mean, I 
have a decent understanding of it now. Uh, end user side of it, it seems very easy. I pay you guys some money. I get signals or it trades for me, depending on which one I kind of pick and what you guys have rolled out. Um, we talked about crypto markets, traditional markets. Uh, it sounds like you're kind of headed towards traditional markets. Uh, I, I think the last question I really have for you, I don't know, because you talked about a partner. I don't know how big your team is. Uh, what's your kind of marketing plan to get these retail traders who are on Robinhood right now? Because I know a lot of people know you on crypto Twitter. I feel like you could get a decent amount of pull and people on there subscribed, paying for the bear bull stuff. How do you make that leap from crypto to traditional markets? Um, what do you, what's kind of the plan there? Um, as far as, yeah, marketing to people on Robinhood, um, I think, I think he knows some people that have done marketing campaigns for subscription services for, so I'm sure he'll have somebody we can bring on that can do like, I don't know, some sort of marketing over there, I guess. I mean, I still have a pretty good day job. So all this is really just side income for me still. Um, I mean, eventually I'd like it to get big and, you know, um, stuff like that. But as, as far as I'm concerned, uh, if it, if it just, is completely organic and kind of word of mouth of people talking to each other and saying, Hey, I signed up for this and now I'm making money and not losing money. That's fine by me, but we'll, we'll have some, well, I'm sure we'll have at some point, um, we'll run some sort of marketing campaign for that. Um, but yeah, at, at first I don't think we're going to try to, um, you know, get a massive influx of users just because we want to be able to scale and handle um, the workloads. So, um, yeah, it's something where our back end is pretty lean as far as the service goes. Um, so we'll be able to scale pretty well, but um, definitely, you know, kind of want to test those waters first before, um, you know, blasting out marketing campaigns and trying to get thousands of users signing up all at once. It'd be nice to kind of have a slow growth there. Slow, steady growth. It's kind of the way to go, especially when um, you're dealing with other people's money. Um, yeah, I mean, at a certain point, it's like, you know, we might get to a point where we're like, well, we're actually going to, you know, there's a lot of people signing up and we want to just cap it for now. And, um, and, and, you know, get some more stuff built out and, um, to handle further scaling and, um, maybe find, find more genomes that trade differently and stuff like that, um, before letting users in. So, um, Feel you on that Definitely one. Definitely want to grow, but I don't. We don't want to grow so fast that it ends up um, ends up hurting us. Yeah, hurting you and the end user as well. I yep. would say. Yeah. Yeah. 
Okay, so we talked about kind of what you've been working on, how it works a little bit, what you're kind of planning on doing with it coming up. Uh, you you did at one point mention the fact that you kind of want to get away from this stuff and work on other stuff way down, you know, in the future. What kind of stuff are you talking about specifically? Just trying to figure out what your end game is here. Well, it'd be, like I said, I'd, I'd like to see what the, if it can do as well in other domains outside of trading, um, you know, whether it's um, some some other type of like signal processing or, um, you know, image processing or whatever. Um, I just like to see, um, what this algorithm can tackle and what it can do. And, you know, if there might be other markets where we could offer this as a service as well. So, you know, there's there ideally I'd like to see, you know, we have the trading aspect of our site that's doing, um, that's what we just talked about. And then maybe there's one that, um, people can sign up and it helps with a well-known problem. That's, um, hard to solve is like the traveling salesman problem. So that's like a logistics problem where, maybe we could offer service to logistics companies and um, help reduce their travel times um, and cut costs there. So I'd like to venture out into as many domains as I can um, because, you know, eventually if you have ones that are doing well in all these different domains, you can start kind of meta learning on, on that data too. And, saying, you know, this, this is doing well here, this is doing well here. Um, and, you know, kind of build out a something that can take in, in some capacity a problem and know what, uh, what to do with it and start spitting out nets and training just kind of automatically. So, um, that would be, that'd be cool. I just kind of want to, I want to build a general AI if I can. So that's what I'm going to shoot for. You've got a great start, man. I am very much looking forward to kind of where you go and take things and progress. Uh, you know, I feel like it doesn't come across on Twitter very often, but you're well, yeah, and and the other part of that is is there's that paper I have penned. That's that's definitely something that I'd like to do sooner than later too. And um, but it's I took a stab at it, and it's just not going to be a small task to build that out that peer to peer training. So I'd like to, um, you know, get a decent amount of subscribers. Um, you know, have our fund making enough money to where I can quit the day job, work on this full time, um, and, you know, get some people on boarded, helping out with maintaining and keeping all that up to snuff. And then I can kind of, you know, get that 
get that peer-to-peer training thing built out because I think that that would be something that's really cool too. Um, it's, you know, a little bit more in the crypto people's wheelhouse than where it's a peer network all working towards um, basically a verification. And um, just in this case, it's, is this the best network right now? And so basically it would be that evolution process I described, but where you have peers that are working on it and um, then you don't have to subscribe. Then if you're a peer, you get those networks for free and you can run them for free on your computer. This is, we, we briefly touched on this last episode, correct? Yeah. Don't yep. think, uh, I don't know how into detail you were then or because that looks like it was released beginning of the year. I feel like we may have talked before then. I'm not entirely sure, uh, but I do remember this kind of contributing some sort of computing power to be, you know, as your kind of payment to this service or network. I, I again, these terms, I'm really not familiar with them. Um, uh, I, I mean, I, it's that, pin tweet I have is pretty hard to read. I should just get a document up to link to, but, um, you know, at a 10,000 foot view, um, basically, um, so say you had 10 people and, um, what it would do is, say you had a population and you're running neuroevolution and the population size is 10,000. So you would have to run that all on your own computer right now. Um, what I thought would be cool is, um, you know, being able to use a peer network to, um, scale up that compute power. So, you know, um, each of you are train a thousand of those or evaluate those training sets, evaluate a thousand. And then there's a protocol to make sure everyone's being honest in their results there. And then, um, the evolution happens and you go on to the next generation and, uh, every generation of evolution that the peers would, um, participate in basically everybody would, um, do little spot checks on each other. Then everyone gets a token saying, you know, I participated in this round. This was the best network for this generation. Um, everyone downloads that network. And uh, if somebody um, wants to uh, purchase it, that that's going to be a tough part, but Eventually, you know, if somebody wants to purchase that network from the peer network, then everybody who participated in that generation um, would get, um, if the person who's selling the network um, wants it to be, wants whatever the price paid for that network to be recorded on by the network, then you have to split up that um, payment equally across everybody and send it to their crypto wallets 
And once all that's been verified, then that gets stored as well. So it's kind of a blockchain-y type thing in terms of the value of the networks. Um, and that would be an incentive for running it. But also, I mean, you could run it for no incentive other than personal use. Maybe you just want to, you and 20 of your buddies want to fire up a network and um, do trading genomes. Then you could do so. There we go. And it opens uh, up to other domains there too, because it probably wouldn't be just one network then. It would much more of a protocol like Bitcoin where it's, you know, this is the protocol for doing this. And so if you wanted to do train it on image recognition or something like that, um, you would just be writing a different evaluation function for it. Got it. But this is this is now put on hold. So there would be a lot lot of forks, I guess, ideally is what I I'd like to see. Got it. But this for now is put on hold. You're kind of focusing on the trading algorithm at the moment. Um, Do you think you'll ever return to all of the stuff that you were working on, I would say? Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, sorry. Wow. Complete spaced. After you have some money, after things have been running, you want to return to that. I'm an idiot. Yeah. yeah. Um, Apologies there. Okay. No no, no problems. So, yeah. Yeah, we... We definitely want to get to a point to where we can um, create um, a nonprofit aspect to our company where I can work on that with some other people and um, get that going and see what comes of that. And, you know, um, that uh, that's a little bit more of, a way to give back, I guess, in my, my mindset and, um, you know, help people, normal people who maybe don't work on AI and stuff like that, or neural networks, um, benefit from advances in it because, you know, there, there are other ones, other, um, training um algos that could probably do close to the same thing but it'd be nice to have a good protocol for peer distributed training um and that's publicly open so that people can benefit from these uh advances and you know it's not all Amazon and Google benefiting from it. So a lot of system a little bit. Yeah. A lot of very big things in the pipeline. Uh, it sounds like you've got your work cut out for you. Sounds like you're focusing on one thing at a time though. You know what you're kind of diverting energy to, but keep an eye on kind of longer term goals. Uh, going back to kind of the trading algorithm and the product or service that you're going to be offering, uh, is there anything else that you think we missed in conversation uh, before we really wrap this one up? Um, I don't think so. Um, 
Well, we'll be former, formally opening up some beta testing here. We're kind of doing our own smaller scale beta testing, but we'll we'll start opening up some of the signals for beta testing here, I'd say in the next month. So if anybody's interested in participating in that, they can just uh, DM me or whatever. You're not on pri- Oh, you are on private right now. Do you have your DMs open? Yeah, I can. I can see requests. Okay, cool. So, there we go. Um, yeah, for anyone else, I get some weird DM requests though. So yeah, I'm, I'm not. <laughs> I'm not ready to just fully open the floodgates there. There we go. <laughs> your Twitter is uh, is a mystery to me because you're working on this very professional, very sophisticated stuff, and then you've got just like the you having way too much fun on twitter.com and I don't know how yeah. you separate the business from the personal. Uh, and if you're going to have to figure that out at some point in the future, but for anyone who's interested in this kind of stuff, please feel free to DM Nick tweak tease, you know, quant- quantitative praising. Uh, we'll have a link to his Twitter. You can shoot him a DM. Try not to be a weirdo. Um, yeah. When we release it, I'll just nuke my account and start a new Twitter account that, is a little bit less edgy and then I'll make another alt that is the same edge. There we go. I was going to say, just make a new one, start now, build that one up to be much more professional. Keep this guy, but that could come back to bite you in the ass a little bit. Um, yeah. Speaking of Twitter, we did have, I did put out a, Hey, having you on, if you want to ask any questions, please feel free to. Most of them were jokes, but I do kind of want to go through them and try to pick out at least a couple serious ones. Uh, There it is. Okay, so just going to run through these if you want to answer them real quick. Uh, That, I would say, for anyone who's kind of looking for the more serious and bulk of the episode, what he's been working on, that's it for them or now. Uh, So if you don't care for the fun, silly Q&A, you can drop off here. Uh, but, okay, just going to run through these. Someone wants... I mean, you answered a lot of them, you know, on Twitter yourself. But how did you buy a $35,000 Bitcoin? Because that's in your bio. Oh. <laughs> so what's up with that? Um, can you explain that one? Yeah, so... No, I, I never bought a Bitcoin for $35,000. I, I just put that just as a... Uh, um, cause I didn't get in super early, like a lot of people. So it's just kind of a parody of like, uh, I'm not like an early adopter and I didn't, the, the <laughs> Bitcoin I have, I didn't get like on the cheap. So it's just, you didn't buy that $12 Bitcoin. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. There we go. So you're on that opposite end or the, the further end of that scale. Okay. That makes a lot of sense. That's why I have to do the neural network stuff because if if I'm left to my own devices, I just buy tops. <laughs> Same. So I can't wait for this service to come out. Um, let's see. Over under on you hanging with Saint Fiasco's Twenty Seven Club. Oh, Saint Fiasco. Which one's that? A uh, Teddy Et. He's got a. Oh yeah. Yeah. I mean, if he wants to hang out, that's fine. Perfect. Okay. So 
over under on that. You got good odds there. Um, also, yeah, I actually did have a serious question. Uh, let's see. How do you think tech is being used to ensure a positive impact on future generations instead of some bureaucratic dystopia? Because I feel like we're kind of headed towards the second. So what do we do to kind of start heading in the direction of the first? I think cryptos was a good first step. I mean, I guess, in my opinion, that's really the only good step that's been taken um, outside of like torrent networks and stuff that kind of democratizes um, data and stuff. But um, it's been a while. You know, there's, and, you know, open source stuff too, as well, um, I think um, is, is helping with that. Um, you know, Microsoft's starting to open source a lot of their stuff. Um, and so that's, that, I think that's a good way to go forward is um, keeping as much as you can open source and then obviously crypto um i think there's you know um if we could get mass adoption i think that'd be a good thing um so i think that there's a lot of stuff that's being worked on that um is is trying to help the is basically for the greater good um but the vast majority of engineering power is not being used to do anything other than, yeah, basically build a technocracy or technocratic <laughs> uh, dictatorship over the internet. Um, and so, yeah, I think, I think that crypto is something that helps make that more publicly available um and so you know hopefully i can get around to working on this training um peer-to-peer -peer training deal so that um you know there can be some positive uh ai work being done that helps not just those big companies um but yeah, I think I think that there's definitely recourse. It's just uh, somebody's got to be willing to put in that work. Um, give me one second here. All right, sorry about that. No, no worries. Just uh, going through these other questions. You did bring up a couple big crucial things, uh, and it kind of starts with us. Um, you know, we can kind of just let things slide kind of head towards that tech dystopia that we were talking about, or we can focus on, you know, cryptocurrencies, open source, uh, open source materials, you know, it, it's hard to just watch it happen, but it's also very easy just to kind of let other people take control of things. Uh, so, you know, I think the things that you touched on are very important. Can't wait for you to get back to the stuff that you had been working on at one point. Um, you know, it really is kind of giving the power back to the people instead of these giant tech corporations. Um, 
So a couple more questions, some of them getting back to less serious. King wants to know about Lauren. Sabotage Beats wants to know about Chungus. And then Nate Bag wants to know about the snacks. Snacks. Well, I'll do those in reverse order. We'll start at the snacks. So, um, I really need to get back to my roots, you know. <laughs> I'm working on this AI stuff, and I'm, uh, I've lost my 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 roots i'm gonna i'm gonna make it big and forget all about everybody on twitter no um Same. I, I need to start posting oreos again because that you really is my go-to um love oreos i eat a lot of them um i have to eat them really fast or else my kids will eat them first um and then nutty bars is another big big uh snack um cost for me go through a lot of those um granola bars so basically cookies and <laughs> snack bars. Ch- children or yeah snacks for children yeah love it staying young all right and then lauren or chungus and then lauren so chungus what was there a specific I don't even think it was a specific question. Just tell me about the Chungus. Oh, the Chungus. Yeah, so... I don't even think that one deserves an answer. I'm going to be honest with you. Well, you know, that's another thing. Like, I do want to do, like, this subscription thing so that I can have, you know, um, a steady revenue stream to where I can do things I'm passionate about, like hunting chungus and stuff like that, and not have to grind all the time. So, yeah. Makes a Once lot I of sense. Once I quit the day job, I'll, I'll, I'll start finding some of the bigger chungus out there. There we go. So these, this, there was a reason that you've created all of this, and it's to explore those hobbies. People don't it's realize. really just to find the biggest chungus. Yeah, That's people don't realize. Okay. This is a serious sport here. Um, And then Lauren posting what, like, I don't know when it started. I don't know what kind of op it is. I've mentioned this on Twitter before. When we started posting Lauren, I was like, who's this chick? Like boring, lame, (laughs) whatever. And I don't know if it's just like the recognition and being battered and beaten with it and burning it into my brain but she's become more attractive over the last couple months. I don't know how long it's been since you've actually been posting about her. Where did this all start? Why did you decide to just go on? Um, so like, yeah, a while ago I found like some church's songs that I liked and I was listening to them and I watched a music video. I was like, wow, she's really cute. So then I just started posting her. You, you made simping okay on Twitter. And I feel comfortable simping on Twitter because of the... Lauren posting? Oh, yeah. Girls you, are cute. I mean, girls... nobody can... That's an argument that can't be beaten. You cannot beat that argument. I'm not directly taking her, so... It's not a full-out simp. I don't think she'd like like my content. Oh, no. I guarantee she'll she will. She'll learn to like it. 
Eventually. Eventually. But uh, yeah, no, I don't think anyone. Ah, never mind. I feel like some people like the attention. Uh, this is a very niche type of attention that you may not like. But you have encouraged me to simp on the timeline on Main, and I couldn't be happier. So get out there, people. Find someone and just beat it to death. Not beat them yeah. to death. Beat the simp that, poster to death. That's my secret to Twitter. Is oh, I know. <laughs> If I find something that I like, I'll just do it until I make sure everybody else likes it. Yeah, and then I don't know if you start to hate it, but eventually I'll be. If I things. do it enough, it'll just be, you know, just the sheer volume of it will start being comical. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I feel like that's half your content. I'm going to be honest with you. Sometimes I'm like very hard miss on this one. Oh, yeah. And then you post it like 70 more times. I'm like... Still a hard miss, but I love that you've doubled, tripled, quadrupled down, and now I like it. Yeah, no, just uh, just drowning the TL and 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 uh, what I what I like to post about is becoming a crutch for me. <laughs> there we go. Okay, so moving on, we got no questions from Poyo Two X or crutches but they do send their love so want you to know that want the audience to know that i don't know if my audience has noticed if they follow me on twitter but there has been a lot of love for the fellows yeah oh my god there's so much love going on lately there's positivity and support left and right and i'm here for it anyone who posts any kind of negativity on my timeline on my my mutuals timelines immediate block like I, I, I'm no longer standing for it. So oh, yeah. I'm loving it. It, it. Twitter has been great lately. Let's yeah, see. Yeah. Sorry. Go ahead. I've been proactively blocking too. It's great. Like I'm creating an echo bubble of positivity and people doing cool shit and I'm not upset about it at all. Yeah. I mean, for me, ideally it's just the things that I like and I don't see anything else. Yeah, I'm getting to that point. I'm slowly whittling it down. I suggest everybody else does the same. Um, back to another serious question. I'm just scrolling through the line here. Uh, Atticus Falcon, or Gerard, I think is how it would be pronounced, asks one serious question, one not so serious question, so I'm going to stick with the serious one. Uh, he asks, will computers pose a threat to cryptocurrencies within the next 10 or so years? I guess I don't really understand that one so much. Um, I, I'm i not think, entirely I think better sure. performing personal computers is going to be a positive for it. Yes. So I'm assuming um, he's talking about some sort of quantum computing bullshit that I don't understand. But, oh, right. Yeah. And being able to. Um, I think, you know... At that point, um, I'm honestly that's the uh, the hardware aspect and um, that that type of stuff is pretty far outside of my wheelhouse. Um, I don't know, I guess, how close they are. Um, I know that. Um, there's 
people working on computers that use light and that those are looking promising. So, um, you know, we could see another bit of a jump in um, processing speeds and stuff. So it could be, but um, as long as it's not just one party that can have that, you know, maybe um, the devs find a way to work with that new hardware and just make it stronger. So that's what I'd like to see. Here we go. I'm not even going to try to speak on that one because it's so far outside of my wheelhouse that I would make myself sound dumb. Yeah, I don't understand how the light processing works. But, yeah, um, that that's just way too I saw far out. Sorry, so. Um, okay, back to the less serious questions. Drywall repair tips. I'm just going to start lumping these together so you can answer, knock a couple of them off at a time. So drywall re- repair tips and then... Why J.C. Penny over Marshalls, Macy's, any of the other big brand names? Um, so drywall repair tips. You just keep punching the same spot, <laughs> and you just keep patching it until the patch just blows out every time. You'll notice that most of the times I punch my drywall, it's a it's a hole that looks a lot like the last time. Pretty similar, yeah. So, so you just punch it through, you use a coat hanger to dig it back up and throw some, throw some drywall tape on it, a little bit of um, the spackling stuff and you're good to go for tomorrow. <laughs> there we go. JCPenney over Macy's and Marshalls. Why? Well, JCPenney's is bankrupt because I don't agree with their in-store pants shooting policy <laughs> policy and that ties back in with the lauren lauren thing and everybody is starting to stand lauren because the things i like do good and the things i don't like don't do good jc's pennies is bankrupt now because they keep kept kicking me out lauren's <laughs> lauren's got a massive stand base in crypto <laughs> because of you um, because I like her. Yeah. Okay. So it's fuck JC Penny. All the homies hate JC Penny. Yeah. I don't know if you saw. I was talking to some chick on one of those dating sites. Said she would shit her pants at a JC Penny with me. So we might go and join in on that movement uh, and stand you and say fuck. Yeah. No, very Penny. much got to get it while the getting's good. Right. Before they're gone. Um. Let's see. Okay, so I'm going to save one of these questions because it's probably the most important one for the very end. Uh, someone's asking how your name is pronounced. Like the last episode, this was a shocker to me, but it's Tweakrates, uh, similar to Socrates or Socrates. Or um, Tweakrates. Or Tweakrates, yeah. See, that's what I thought it was. I feel like that's what most people think it is, and then they hear the actual pronunciation. Pronunciation. Um, Okay, questions about Asperger's, how the pee-pee's going, how the poo-poo's going. Literally the dumbest fucking questions I've ever read in my life. The pees and the poos are going pretty well. That's good to hear. That's all we need to hear about that one. Um, (laughs) Last and probably most important question. You preach Christianity on the timeline very often. You talk about going to church. 
How has this changed your life? Are you serious about all of it? Do you believe in God? I feel like we briefly touched on this one before in the last episode, but I think the timeline needs to know. Oh yeah. Um, for sure. Yeah. I mean, I think that, (laughs) I think that, uh, I think people who are staunchly do not believe in a God are ignorant at best. Um, and well, maybe not ignorant, arrogant at best, um, you know, to, to say that it just couldn't exist. There's, there's not necessarily proof that a God does exist. There's not any proof that a God does not exist. So I think that to say that they know it can't, I think that's pretty arrogant. Um, and well, isn't the the flip side of that religion too is, isn't that the flip side though? Like, okay, yes, a God definitely exists. And everyone who says he doesn't is wrong. Like, is that not just the exact flip side of that coin? Yeah. I mean, I, yeah, I have faith that a God exists. I just think that, um, you know, when, when I pray and stuff and when I go to church, I genuinely feel things that I can't really put into words. And so, you know, um, it's kind of one of those things where I feel like it's a personal journey to that decision of whether or not you have faith. But um, at the end of the day, it is just faith. I mean, um, I can't say definitively. I, I mean, I will. And I will say people are stupid for not believing in it. But I can't, you know, because I am arrogant. But um, at, okay. least I, there was... at least I'll admit it. Yeah, there we go. Okay, so you're, you're willing to admit that. And I feel like flip both sides of the coin – fine whatever you can believe in god you cannot believe that's, in god. that's the that's what makes not most of the people who are atheists so cringe is that they won't say well i'm arrogant for being atheist yeah that's you my know, that's my I'll issue and then... stupid for believing in god yeah if i yeah. call you stupid for not believing in god it is because i'm being arrogant and i'm totally fine with that okay there we go so i think that was one of the big things that i wanted to ask about uh, the fact that you actually do go to church on a regular basis, do believe in God. Uh, I, I think, you know, you post a lot of jokes and shit on Twitter. So just wanted to nail that one down and actually confirm that this isn't just another one of the memes on the timeline. Oh, yeah. There we go. What about those pesky motherfuckers who are on the fence who say, maybe, maybe not. I don't really believe in any one specific God. Um, you know... I, I like Catholicism. I think that it's, you know, definitely hasn't been a religion that has done nothing but good. But I think that, um, you know, for the most part, um, you know, when people and families and stuff go to church and um, stuff that it improves their lives and makes them happier and um, they're generally better, better people after listening to the sermons and so on and so forth. So I think that it's in that positive and, um, but yeah, if you're on, if you're on the fence about it, I mean, um, 
don't knock it till you try it, I guess. And um, if you're of a different religion, you know, that's everybody's own, um, or, you know, that's, that's everyone's own discretion. So um, I, I like the uh, Catholic church. I like what it stands for ideally. And, you know, there's bad actors, of course. Um, but it's something that people have to decide for themselves, I guess, ultimately. But, um, you know, I like to go on to, uh, I don't know the website offhand, but I have a bookmark for like the daily readings and I like to read those and stuff. And, um, you know, there's, there's a decent amount of the Catholic church is actually, you know, can you hear my dog just being an absolute fucking spaz right now? <laughs> yes. Can't uh, hear it clearly, so I didn't know if it was pet or child uh, that was no. making some noise. I didn't want to keep you from your children and was going to try to wrap it up if that was the case. No, it's the dogs right now. Um, so, yeah, I don't know. Like, there's, there's quite a bit that can be attributed to um, the Catholic Church in terms of art and philosophy and theology and the sciences even. Um, but I think that a lot of people overlook, um, you know, the, like, the Jesuits have, like, observatories and they do a lot of a lot of um, well, they have all the universities and um, they work a lot on philosophy, but also the hard sciences and stuff. So, um, and you know, there's been a lot of artists throughout the his throughout history that you know have basically made their living getting commissioned by the Catholic Church, and um, so it's. I think that there's a lot of people that are really into those things that don't realize how much advance has been um, brought about directly by the existence of the church. So I think that, yeah, it's a lot of people look at it as, well, it's, it's a non-science institution. It's a non-art institution. It's, you know, not, it's not open to different philosophies and stuff. And I just think that it's for the most part, they just don't really understand um, what they're talking about. There we go. Okay. Well, you know, I did just want to double down and make sure that this was actually something serious and you weren't just posting it for the timeline to post it. Uh, but I know it sounds like you take your faith very seriously. There's a lot of great reasons yeah, I'm, not, I'm definitely not like the perfect, you know, Christian, but no, definitely can agree that with I you. Feel like makes, me, makes me better. There we go. That that's that's I think what is most important about it. I uh, don't want to get into a super deep discussion on religion. Just wanted to see if that was generally a true thing, and that you were going to church. Uh, we have been on call for a decent amount of time i'm assuming some of my viewers have probably dropped off by this point uh, but i did want to thank you for coming on kind of explaining what you're working on doing that q a at the end 
Uh, you've got some big, big stuff that you're working on or have been working on and are going to continue to work on. So I'm really excited to see it. Before we go, is there anything else that you want my audience to know or that you want to scream into the void? Um, try to eat an apple every day, a apple. Um, let's see. What else is there? Shout shout out to the fellas and, um, you know, everybody, all the mutuals, of course. And, uh, yeah, not much. That's fair. All right. I mean, we can wrap it up there again. I appreciate you taking the time sitting down. I know it was, uh, scheduling was a little difficult. We both have pretty busy schedule so again thank you for taking time out of your day to do this and uh it was a pleasure talking with you man yeah no it's a nice break from the grind i enjoyed it thanks